Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to, back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii, and the Sports Map Radio Network. It's just us three today, guys. It's uh, Jake Digger over here. It's a little Armani Buckets and myself, Jihei Wiley. We are Sans Brandon uh, Deutsch and uh, the Arash Markazi. He's uh, doing big things as he normally does out there. Uh, but how are you guys doing? How's your Tuesday? I'm doing great. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens in NBA free agency. We're almost at that point. I feel like it's all going to get spoiled before it even gets started. It kind of already has. Uh, I, I like the surprise. I like when it's like that 6 p.m. window and then all of a sudden, like 6 to midnight, you're just refreshing Twitter like 8,000 times in a row. But it might get spoiled before then. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. Um, this isn't the best free agent class in the world, so, but the top of it has already kind of been spoiled in a way. But yeah, I mean, just the three of us today. Definitely lost a little bit of firepower in this room, but we'll we'll bring we'll bring what we can, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I feel like you guys can all still bring it. I'm not I'm not oh, really yeah. worried. I'm not concerned. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with that, let's go to the headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Let's visit CircusSports.com for details, guys. Let's do it. Well, Kyrie Irving is opting in to his $36.5 million option with the Brooklyn Nets for next season. But do you think he will play for the Nets, guys? Irving has created a list of teams he could, he would have liked uh, the Nets to consider working with on a sign-and-deal trade if they couldn't agree on terms for him to stay in Brooklyn. But the Lakers were the only team known to be interested, according to ESPN. Again, do you think there's any chance he still winds up in L.A.? Yes, I do. And I don't think this saga is... Is quite over yet. This is a quote from Brian Windhorst from yesterday. Joe Sy, the Nets owner, does not want a repeat of last season and Joe Sy is the person driving this, meaning Brooklyn's offseason. You can be assured that the moves that they're making come from ownership. With that being said, I mean, this is no secret. Joe Sy has been very disgruntled with the Kyrie Irving situation and just because Kyrie now says, I'll see you in the fall, doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen. And then Brian Windhorst followed that up today by saying high-ranking people believe that Kyrie to the Lakers is not off the table after heavy mutual interest. I think that this saga is still going to play out in a lot of weird ways as a lot of things with Kyrie tend to do. The other thing that to keep an eye on I would really keep an eye on, I know he gave his list of teams and out of that list it said that nobody's interested, but like a team like Dallas, if they were to lose Jalen Brunson to the Knicks, 
they need another scorer next to Luka Doncic. So do they get a little bit, you know, dangerous and and trade for Kyrie Irving? And then obviously the other domino of it is if the Nets do trade Kyrie Irving, does that mean that KD is gone too? So there's a lot still left to be discovered with the whole situation. There's a lot left. To, yeah, to I'm going to say I'm not as confident in him being a Laker, but I don't think it's off the table. Um, similar to what you said with him saying he'll be back. I mean, in 2018, he stood at center court in TD Garden and told the Boston Celtics fans that if they would have him, he was going to resign there. And we all know how that played out. I don't, I'm not going to read too far into him saying he'll be back. I think, I mean, we, we've talked talked about it for the last week on the show about how he's such a different human being i think his his mindset kind of changes daily um i'm not surprised by him opting in though i, I as brandon is kind of hammered home the six million dollar trade exception would have been such a wild thing for him to do i think this probably makes the most sense but things have been changing so quickly in the nba i mean it, it wouldn't surprise me if he finds a way to still end up in la probably with a third team involved i don't see a way in which there's just a straight Lakers Nets deal involving Kyrie Irving. No, I, I mean I absolutely agree with you guys. I don't think that he's going to stay in Brooklyn, but um, and that's and that's just me because he's he's Kyrie. He's gonna find a way to like you know draw this out and fi- maybe figure out maybe more money or maybe even just a better deal for him because I mean he obviously is disgruntled in Brooklyn. Right? I feel you kind of burned that bridge over the last right. like, week and a half too, right? I don't think he's for sure gone. I think that more so Joe Sai is like, I want to fix this situation by getting him out of town. But I think Kyrie is, it's really hard to understand what's going on in his brain. Who knows if he, it sounded like in his quotes that he wants to be back and he wants to fulfill his commitment to Kevin Durant and the Nets. It just, there's so much smoke about the Nets not wanting to keep him. And then if you were to do a Twitter search of Joe Sai yesterday, which I did, all the Nets fans were like, don't do it, you idiot. Basically, they're like, do not ruin this super team that you created in a span of what, like six months they trade Harden. They are so pissed at him. So now he's facing the backlash of the fans saying like, no, just keep those two. And I don't think he wants to keep Kyrie, but he might be forced, uh, his hand might be forced by the fan base. But if you don't want to be there, if if the player doesn't want to be there, then why would you want to keep him? You know, like why? Like I, I, I wouldn't want. It's the same thing with Harden, right? Like Harden didn't want to be. He's like, why would you want to keep this guy? He's gonna be disgruntled. He's gonna be. He's gonna be mad. He's gonna be annoyed. He's just. Why would you want to keep him? Yeah, I mean that we've seen Kyrie do. Like if Kyrie doesn't want to be there, it wouldn't surprise me if he's just like, I'm just not gonna play. Yeah, like we've just seen him do himself. crazy things. And I mean, we talk about Harden, Kyrie, and KD played, what, 17, 18 games together? We haven't seen them with Ben Simmons on the floor. I don't know how that's even going to look. Simmons is not going to do anything on the offensive end, essentially. He's just going to play defense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, as a, It must be so tough as a Nets fan because you get Kyrie and KD, and you're like, we're finally going to make a run. Then you go out, you get James Harden, 17 games, trade him for Ben Simmons, who's going to come back for the playoffs. He doesn't play. Now this is all going on. It's just a tough time to be... Nets fan and this is the other thing is doesn't want to be there he might not want to be there or he might be using the Lakers as leverage to get a bigger contract because we've seen this in the past with with players using the Lakers name and kind of I mean their desperation as a way to get their way financially which didn't really happen in Kyrie's case but what it did cause for Kyrie is now he has a whole year to basically reprove himself and 
secure a long-term contract. I don't think anybody's ever going to give him a max deal from here on out. But if I was Kyrie, I'm pointing right at James Harden's contract, whatever it ends up being. If it's two years, 70 million, and I'm saying you got to at least match that because I am as good as he is at the bare minimum. I'm, I'm better than James Harden. And yes, I have some distractions, but this season, I'll show you that I'm not a distraction. And then you match that contract because he is not better than me. That's how I would approach it if I was his agent. No, and I, and I agree with you, but is, is that even going to come to fruition because of all the other side yeah. drama that he has, right? I, like, I mean, I, I want to give you that max specifically because of that, because you're a headache. Yeah. I don't think there's any world in which he doesn't get a max contract. I think he, he's not going to sign anything less. Someone's going to give it to him. He's still a top 15, 10 player in the league when he's on the floor. Um, just two years ago with Brooklyn, was the fourth guy to average 25 points a game on 50, 40, 90, joining Steph, KD, and Larry Bird. Like, I mean, he's that good. Yeah, but wasn't good. that a shortened... Like, we didn't yeah. see him, uh, play a full season yeah. doing that, though. Yeah, but I mean, he's my point is he's that good while right. he's on the floor. It's just a matter of getting him on the floor. I think when he's on the floor, he's worthy, deserving of that money. I mean, I don't think there's a question about it, but it's just a matter of getting him on the floor. And the other thing to remember with the Nets is that they don't have their picks for the next five seasons. They all go to Houston, so they have no incentive to be bad. They don't want to be bad. They want to, if they trade these guys, it sounds like they're looking for, this is what Brian Windhorst said yesterday, they're looking for a package of players to basically allow them to quote unquote compete which they won't be able to compete anyways even with these guys they're not going to be like a, I don't think they're going to be a contender even with a healthy Ben I Simmons I think Ben Simmons is really going to help their defense I mean I think he's one of the top five defensive players in the league when he's healthy um, that's let's a assume, huge if man let's assume they're I mean there's lots of I mean there's so many ifs with this team let's assume they're fully back where would you rank them in the Eastern Conference everybody's back run it back um I put them behind Milwaukee. Okay. Put them behind Miami. I put them behind Boston. 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 Yeah. I feel like defensively they're not they're not up to par with what Boston showed us this past season. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta keep going down down the line. Maybe Philly. No, they're probably better. They're they're, they're probably they're better, better than, than Philly. Philly. Bulls. They're better than the Bulls. So it's probably behind Miami, so Milwaukee, so probably so four, like four or five, like four, four or five, four or five. In the East. Yeah. And we have to remember though. The Hawks are supposedly very interested in acquiring a star. The Cavs should get better. The Bulls still want to get a complimentary piece. And the Nets are pretty much, their best case scenario is Ben Simmons helps them because they don't really have means to get better. It's going to be interesting. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I think it's like, is this team really a title contender if they're fully back? Even best case scenario for them. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I'm still, I mean, I'm gonna Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, it's still, I mean, if you look at that compared, I mean, I guess, yes, Boston's a better team, My, Milwaukee, yeah, I mean, we said it. I'm still saying from this point on, I, I've never been a Ben Simmons fan, I think that that man is like, he's such a baby, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just done, I'm done, Ben Simmons, get over yourself, get, get on the court, man, what, whatever is ailing you right now, figure it out, because you've had a lot of time. To figure out like the fact that you need to be whether it's mental whether it's physical I don't care like you are a big fat baby <laughs> like you need you need to fi figure your stuff out man be an adult um, but moving on to a winning organization um, when healthy as we, <laughs> as we like to quote quote when healthy while the Lakers won't land um, an all-star guard this week 
Clippers appear on the verge of doing so after agreeing to a buyout with the Houston Rockets. Five-time All-Star guard John Wall plans to sign a free agent deal with the Clippers. My Clippers. Wall, who was due $47.4 million from the Rockets, has, after exercising the player option for the final year of his contract, agreed to take $6.5 million less to become a free agent. That is roughly the amount of the taxpayer mid-level exception which Wall could receive once he is able to negotiate a deal with the Clippers. What do you expect from the Clippers and John Wall this next season, guys? I expect a lot from the Clippers. John Wall, it's a great signing. It's a great, I wouldn't even call it a gamble to take, but expectations should be pretty low. Set the bar low so that if he exceeds it, great. The last version of John Wall we saw was still a good player, but I don't think it's like a needle mover for a team that... I don't think the Clippers were even one piece away. I think they were already a top two, top three team in the league. Now, if he gives you something, great, but this team was already set, and now all that they're really missing... I, I guess if you could say missing is a what a backup center because they're gonna it sounds like they're gonna lose Hartenstein with this with this wall deal because he can make more money elsewhere. But other than that, this team is the deepest team in the league. You look around the NBA, they already re-signed Covington. They're probably gonna re-sign Batum. Now they have John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard. Who knows if Morris will be back? We didn't mention Kawhi, PG, Norman Powell. This team is loaded. They didn't really even need him. It's just uh, just an abundance of riches and good for them. I mean, this team is going to be the team that I think most people are going to be like, that's a team I want to watch going into opening night. I mean, John Wall is one of those, like, if it's better to have it than and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. right? Yes. So, I mean, thank God for the Clippers. Thank God that they, you know, got their tuckus and did something um, in the offseason to acquire somebody that is that is really really good and is going to add and help towards this team I'm wondering where the fit's going to be because of we've talked about chemistry with the Clippers and we've talked about you know them being this team that like they all go to summer league with each other to go watch you know their rookies play or whatever and they they bonded at this point in the past like two or three years where is he going to fit in that offense where is he going to um, what position is, is he going to fill um for that need but other than that i still love the signing yeah i think i'm just gonna echo everything that you said armani i think this if they weren't already there this puts them at the top of the western conference as the deepest team in the conference i mean you said two years ago john wall the last version of him we saw was still 20 and a half points a game you can yeah. call them empty stats if you want but he's still producing he has been forced to sit out two of the last three years due to injury which is the major concern here but god forbid he's not able to play and he has to sit out a large number of games i don't think it's the end of the world for this team i think this is a very low risk high reward move for them that just gives them another asset um, to help them pursue getting to an NBA finals which I will note they've never done in their franchise's history end of the game who is the Clippers closing five like their best five that they can throw out there Kawhi Paul George obviously who Norman, Norman Powell, Powell what are the Robert other two? Covington okay and you probably need Reggie you probably or John Wall, need right? Reggie or John Wall. You probably have to. You got to go small and put Covington at the five. Yeah, they need a backup five. You mentioned it. They do. They're gonna need a fifth. It sounded like five, yeah. that they're interested in Nerlens Noel. By the I way, I saw that. So that could be the guy. But um, who do you think, Jihei? No, I mean I agree with you guys, but we do need a backup center. So I mean it would. <laughs> we've always needed a. I, I, no offense to the current roster, but we've always needed a backup center. Yeah. And that's always been um, a need that I think 
unfortunately the uh, organization hasn't really like looked at um, heavily like too heavily I think you can argue that you need a starting center also over the last couple <laughs> oh, of years ouch. but no I mean I love to watch but <laughs> I think Batum comes back he's yeah. gonna yeah. on a uh, one two year deal whatever um, Marcus Morris feel I feel like He's coming back as well. Is he a free agent? No, no, but it sounded like he was doing some weird stuff with the like tweets and, you know. Yeah, because I, I heard rumblings of him on the move, but that yeah. doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, they're so deep. I mean, I'm just looking at their roster right now. It's just Batum, Brandon Boston, which we didn't even mention. He's going to take a jump. Covington, George, Rodney Hood, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. Like, it just doesn't stop. I forgot about Terrence Mann. So, okay, so who fits, in your guys' opinion, better next to Paul George Kawhi? between Reggie and John Wall. I feel like I haven't seen a John Wall play enough as like yeah, to know what he's going to bring. While. Yeah, he's been out for a while and that's definitely a huge factor. Obviously, I mean like you already you already said it Jake like he's been injured for how long? You know, so we haven't really he's seen 31. Him. By the way, he's only 31 years old, which is crazy for me to think about because I feel like he's been in the league and he's been hurt forever. I like Reggie. <laughs> I like Reggie too. Well, there's more upside, isn't he? He's younger than him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and we've seen him play in the last two no, years. No, Reggie's so. 32. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's that. crazy. I would have wow. guessed like 29. I know. Yeah, I thought he was 27. Um, wow. Okay, well... No, I still I still stick with it though because we've seen him there's, play on the floor yeah. and we've it's, seen him play with this team. Yeah, that it's been proven that that works to an extent. Um, but John Wall, I mean, as I said, if he comes in and he fits and he's great with them, he'll start. If he, I think he comes off the bench to begin the year while he kind of finds his footing and works into this this team. So they have a ton of depth, obviously. I don't know who the guy would be, but let's say a guy pops up, maybe not a star, but like right underneath a star level player. Would you be willing to do like a three player or four player for one, trade away some of the depth and maybe get whoever? I don't know who that name would be. Probably would have to wait till like free agency happens. I'm talking about a guy like... Um, like a not a J, not Jalen Brunson. I knew that's the name you were gonna pull up. But like I knew that level going. of player in the playoffs, you're playing seven, eight guys. Yeah. Right. So I don't think you need to be nine, ten deep. So if you can take seven, maybe your six, eight, and nine, and pick up a guy who's maybe your four, I think that's a good move. I think it helps you win when it matters. I I mean I I don't want to disagree with you. I. I think it also depends on like, are are all these guys you know have they played with each other that that much or is are these like just the role players that you just brought together? Like we're talking like Terrence Mann packaged with Luke Kennard packaged with who knows like a Reggie Jackson for give me a name. It's a lot of I, I, I think that. Um, I think for me personally, this I'm is thinking. the only reason why I wouldn't do this is because they've all they all know how to play with yeah. one another right now. Yeah. But I get where your head's at. I get like why you would want to do this, right? Because you want to win for the inevitable future. You want to win in the now, um, and it would definitely help in the uh, sorry. It would definitely help in the now. But I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't want to break up this team. But that's also a huge bias on my part. No, I think you make a good point though, because chemistry is so important when it comes yeah. to winning. And if I this mean, look team, at Golden State, right? And it, look at Golden State. We've also seen the opposite side. Look at Brooklyn, where you have these stars and these big names that just don't fit together. Um, I think if this team comes out of the gate and they win. 20 of their first 25 games and they're firing on all cylinders I don't think there's a reason to shake it up even if it makes them better on paper yeah I mean I agree I think that 
the hardest part for this Clippers team going forward is how do they develop the Jason Preston? I, I guess this is I love Jason Preston. Jason <laughs> Preston, like, how do you develop Brandon Boston? Does it even matter? I mean, does it matter to develop them when you're this loaded? Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking towards your future, like Golden State normally is, I would hope that the Clippers organization is looking towards their future. You would hope to, you know... Maybe you know help help out these kids on on the back end as well, so that way the Clippers organization can have a, a future after this quote unquote run, this hopeful so, run. I mean, also as simple as it is, these guys are going to be developed by guarding Kawhi Leonard in practice every day, That's and guarding true. Paul George in That's practice yeah. every day. I mean that those those small little things just I mean they help in crazy yeah. ways. Keep no, keep absolutely. them in the G League, I guess, as well. Yeah, keep for them sure. Let them develop there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a bad problem to have, that's for sure. No, no, it is it is really nice to be able to actually have an organization that is finally attempting to win titles and at least have longevity into into this league, right? By having all of those kids on that bench, and e- even if they're you know in only maybe like a minute or two per game, then at least they're still there, right? Another thought: the Clippers are going to be big players on the buyout market after the trade deadline because this is going to be somewhere that veterans are going to want to go yeah. and play and chase a ring, and it's just another place for them to be. Okay, well, I'll let, um, all all good stuff, guys. Let's leave it there for now. Um, when we come back, we're going to be joined by our good friend David Smith. When we return on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, and AM 760 in Hawaii, the Sports Map Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Well, welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in L.A., Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Well, it's that time again, okay? Let's go to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, the man who taught Mr. Arash Markazi everything he knows, our good friend of the show, Mr. Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I mean, the biggest lesson I taught him is how to take days off work. What is- <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, he is actually at a, um, a summit that possibly uh, Westbrook might be at. So um, he's still oh, doing big things. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So the LA84 Foundation Play Equity Summit. Um, hopefully, Russell Westbrook's there. He can maybe ask him a few questions like, yeah. you know, why aren't you, <laughs> why aren't you uh, gone and out of LA and making our lives miserable still? Um, yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, he, he's good. How, other than that, how are you? How are you? Other than the uh, snub by Mr. Arash. 
I'm good, thanks. Uh, all, all is well and ready to talk some sports here and have some fun today. Yeah, no. So that's that's also what we're obviously looking forward to too with you, Dave. Um, let's let's go into let's go into this Westbrook thing first first and foremost, right? Um, Ky- Kyrie Irving, he just um, op- he just. Uh, opted into his $36.5 million option with Brooklyn. Um, where do you, do you still see him with the Lakers? Do you still see him making, maybe making a play for, for the Lakers in, in that regard? Well, I don't see how I was thinking about this. And I know uh, evidently Kyrie was given the green light to try to explore some sign and trade deals for himself. And there was almost no interest from any team in the league except the Lakers, but uh, they're not going to take Westbrook. Uh, so, and I think that's the only way because, if you give up Anthony Davis, it's kind of counterproductive, you know, giving up him to, to get Kyrie Irving. So, uh, because to win a championship, they're going to need Kyrie and LeBron and NAD. So, I don't know what they have to offer. They're going to have to take Westbrook. That would be the Nets, maybe a couple of the 27 and 29 number one picks, maybe a Taylor Orton Tucker. But to me, that's not enough. So, uh, I, I, I don't think the Lakers have enough to offer to get a guy like a, get a guy like a Kyrie Irving, unless maybe, you get a third or fourth team involved to make it some kind of blockbuster deal. But it was interesting. Uh, uh, th- th- this talk about uh, Kyrie uh, coming to the Lakers to play for the veterans minimum. Uh, I know he, he's kind of a weird guy, but I don't think he's that stupid. to a year to make six. I know he sacrificed 17 last year, right? By, by not getting the vax, but well, from 36 and a half down to six, uh, maybe next summer, who knows? But, I don't think he had any choice but to go back to the Nets because there wasn't a lot of interest in him around the league. Nobody's going to give him a max deal based on the fact that he misses so many games. So he's just going to have to have a prove-it year this year. Hopefully, uh, for his sake, he can play a lot of games, have a great year, have the Nets contend for a championship. and Then next summer, there'll be a great deal of interest in him. Dave, that was going to be my next question. If the Nets were to basically... Let's say best case scenario, Kyrie stays, Durant stays, Ben Simmons is at least playing basketball games. What do you think that team's ceiling is? Well, I think, you know, this is a big F, but they're capable of winning a championship because they, they were the favorite to win the championship last year before all hell broke loose back there in Brooklyn. But you've got arguably, you know, if not the best player, in the, certainly he's on the short list and Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving, if he can play, and they, again, that's big if yeah, that hasn't happened the last couple of years, but if he's out there, you know, 65, 70 games, we all know how good he is. And the key is going to be Ben Simmons because he changes the game defensively when he's right, which he hasn't been in a couple of years, but excellent passer, excellent defender, guy who will give you almost nothing offensively. And who knows what his mental state is, and he's having better as well. But I guess if everything going well, it won't happen. They're going to be a contender to win the championship this year. Dave, we haven't spoken with you since the NBA draft. Um, I would love to get your thoughts on the draft as a whole. My biggest winner of the draft was the Detroit Pistons. Just wondering your thoughts. Well, great minds think alike. That's what I was going to say. The Pistons are the, the big winner in the draft here. And uh, I was tweeting out before the draft, if I had the first pick, if I was the Orlando Magic, I would take Jaden Ivey, the, the kid wow. from Purdue. Uh, n- nothing against uh, nothing against Paolo Boncaro and uh, 
and Chet Holmgren and uh, and Jabari Smith, but he's the best player in this draft. I don't know how much you guys have seen him play, but he is sensational. We are uh, we're, we're big Jaden Ivy fans over yeah, over at the huge, show. Huge huge Jaden Ivy fans over here. Uh, he he should have been the first pick in the draft. I mean he he reminds me of John Morant and a young Russell Westbrook the way he attacks that rim. So and again. The King's sitting there at number four and not taking him. Nothing against Keegan Murray, who's a good player. But is that typical of the Kings? Uh, <laughs> that, they would pass, that they would pass on Ivy at four with him sitting there. It's unbelievable they didn't take him. And then the explanation, well, he didn't come and work out for us. Who cares? <laughs> I, I don't care if he doesn't work out for me. You take him anyway if he's the best player on the board. This kid... This kid is going to make an immediate impact and be a superstar in the league. And, and then getting Jalen Duran, uh, you know, uh, also mid-first round, the, the seven-foot athletic phenom from, from Memphis. Uh, and, you know, they made a good trade with the Trailblazers as well, creating a lot of cap space. So they've got two really good young players and Cade Cunningham. And this team is on the rise. I could see Cunningham and Ivy being the best backcourt in the NBA in a year or two. Dave, on that same topic of the NBA draft, let's just say Jaden Ivey was not in consideration, which I don't think he was. If it was just between Paolo and Jabari, where, if you were the Magic GM, where would you have gone with that first pick? Well, wow, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> uh, I would have gone Jabari Smith because he reminds me a little bit of uh, Kevin Durant, you know, at 6'10", 6'11", the way he can shoot from outside and put it on the floor and... Uh, and his length, nothing against Mancaro. He's going to be he's going to be a twenty and ten guy and a good NBA player and an All Star. But I would have gone Sabari Smith if you, if you pointed a gun to my head there. Um, well, uh, Dave, I, I I'm not as high on Jabari Smith as you are, but um, you know, I mean, I can definitely see the upside for him. Um, the Clippers, their first, their first and their second round pick. I just want to know they landed at forty three. I just want to know what your thoughts are on um, who they picked for the roster, and also this uh, John Wall amazing news for the Clippers and their upside for uh, playoff contention as well. You know, that's uh, that's interesting, this John Wall situation. I know he didn't play last year, uh, and, and he didn't play because it wasn't because he wasn't healthy. They were just trying to hold him out. They thought they could make a deal, maybe maybe the Westbrook thing. Uh, but, again, the you know, the, the Rockets are holding out for a first-round pick plus uh, Wall, which, which the Lakers were smart not to do, but Wow, uh, I, I, I like John Wall coming to the Clippers in a backup role. Probably uh, he averaged twenty points a game, didn't he? I think twenty point three in the year before last. And he's only thirty one years old, still a pretty good player if he can stay healthy. Um, as far as the Clippers draft, I'm not really familiar with the it's a, with Musa Diabate they took with the number forty three pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe uh, maybe you guys can tell me something about him. I'm not really familiar with him. Uh, he's from he's from Michigan. He was a five star recruit yeah. that you know didn't really play up to what they what they were hoping to get out of him. But you know he's a defensive minded guy. Um, he's going to bring the energy on the defensive end. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, uh, the kid who's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year, Victor Wembanyama oh from France. <laughs> he's the best prospect to come out since LeBron James in two thousand three. I don't know uh, if, if anybody go on YouTube. This kid's seven foot three. He's eighteen years old. He's he can knock down threes. He can run. He can jump. He's got great hands and great feet. He can put it on the deck. Uh, this, this kid, uh, this kid has the potential to be one of the all time greats in the NBA. So uh, already he's the consensus number one for next year. Dave, I want to shift a little bit. We just saw one of the uh, 
biggest brawls that we've seen in Major League Baseball yeah. in a long time um, with the Angels and the Mariners on Sunday. Um, suspensions just came down for that. Overall, what are like was that preventable? What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Um, well, I guess that's baseball in 2022, right? When something like that happens, there's going to be a lot of people suspended, a lot of guys that are being thrown out of the game. And I think it all, uh, it, it all stemmed from Mike Trout throwing at Mike Trout's head. What was that the night before when they, when they threw at his head? And uh-huh. if you mess with him, the best player in baseball, of course, you're going to have to expect something like that to happen. But, you know, baseball's so much different now than it was, uh, uh, you know, back, and by the old days, I say 70s and 80s, even, and then in my father's era before that, it was just a, an accepted part of baseball. Somebody hit a home run, the next guy was going to get plunked, and uh, it was just, uh, and you didn't see a lot of fights and uh, and balls back in the day. It was kind of, a, kind of an accepted strategy, but uh, these days, uh, they are so quick to throw people out, but wasn't that a fun ball, though? I mean, <laughs> that's something you don't see in baseball a lot. And actually, some punches landed as well, which you never see in a baseball game. Yeah. Um, I hate to jump around back to other sports, but Bradley Beal yeah. is one of the other big names on the uh, NBA market who's expected to op, uh, opt out of his deal and then sign long-term uh, Supermax with the Wizards. Is that, you think, his best you know course to take? Or do you think him testing the uh, open waters of free agent would be you know better for his career long-term? Yeah, I guess financially it's the best for him, but... That's certainly professionally, I don't think it's his best option. I don't think he should have resigned last time. Uh, if he wants to go his whole career without winning anything, you know, playing with the Wizards and uh, and uh, with a franchise and an organization that doesn't know what they're doing, I guess uh, maybe he's happy there. His family's happy there, and uh, but I don't get it. Kind of reminds me of the Mike Trout thing. Why Mike Trout signed that extension, that 13-year deal with the Angels, when he's never going to win anything and play in anonymity and never play in a playoff game? I didn't understand. Kind of the same thing with Bradley Beal, but you know, who knows? Maybe that's where he wants to be, and that's where his family wants to be. But my goodness, he should have gotten out of there years ago when he had the chance. Dave, jumping back really quickly to the NBA draft, because we've had so many conversations in this room about Chet Holmgren, and we didn't get your thoughts on Chet. Do you think that uh, his upside is as high as people in Oklahoma City believe, and do you think that there is unfortunately maybe some bust potential with chet i like him a lot uh, i might be against the grain here but uh, i saw him play in high school when he was at Haha academy uh when they played the, they had jalen suggs on that team who's uh you know was a lottery pick last year with the orlando magic they had jalen suggs and chet holmgren on that team and you know I, I was doing some work with sierra canyon out here in, in chatsworth who's the, one of the best high school programs in the country and they went back to Minneapolis and got their tails kicked by 20 points. I said, who is, who is this Minnehaha Academy? I couldn't believe it. But Holgren was, I was impressed with him. He went seven feet two. He can knock down threes. Now, the big problem is he's only 190 pounds. He's stick skinny. He looks like an x-ray. But uh, I like him. He can put it on the floor. He's versatile. He's a great shot blocker. We saw him at Gonzaga last year. He's the best rim protector in this draft and athletic and you know, and what I hope they don't do is, is make him eat 10,000 calories a day and force feed him and try to force weight on him. Just let him grow naturally. He'll fill out a little bit. Just let him play. And, and he's only 20 years old, so hopefully they don't force feed him. And But I, I'm I'm a big fan of Sam Presti, you know, the president of the basketball operations, GM at Oklahoma City. This guy is as good as anybody there is in the NBA at rebuilding that, that Oklahoma City franchise. So I think he knows what he's doing. And by the way, the... The James Harden, what Kevin Durant um, 
Russell Westbrook, he drafted three Hall of Famers in a row in three consecutive years back in the day. So uh, I, I trust he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I trust your uh, your input as well. Dave, I, I wanted to uh, go back. You mentioned Paolo Bencaro. He's, I, I'm a huge, huge Duke fan. Uh, but even I yeah. actually am not the big – I'm not as high on Paolo as I think everybody else is. I still think he's a great player. Um, there's no question about that. I just don't think that he's the star that Jaden Ivey is going to be or that even no. you know Chet Holmgren is going to be. I just want to know your thoughts about Paolo. Do you think that he might possibly also be a bust, or is he going to thrive in the NBA? No, he's going to be a really good player. I, I think he'll be a 20-10 and 10 guy throughout his career. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he, he can play. I mean, he, he's a really good player. He's going to. I don't know if he's a franchise changer, if he's a championship a guy you can win a championship with. Who knows? But uh, I, he's a good, solid player. But I was you. Um, he's he's not Jaden Ivey. Uh, he, certainly, I would have taken Holmgren ahead of him if I were the uh, Magic. But uh, I, I like he, he's he's good. There's no doubt about it. But first pick in the NBA draft, no. And right. uh, and I'm with all of. I, I'm glad all of you feel the same way. Jaden Ivey is special. He is spectacular. He's he's the best player in this draft. Detroit got an absolute steal with him. No, I 100% agree. I have been watching him since his Purdue days. I wish yeah. I watched him in high school. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and look at that film. Um, and also, he's like a very he's a very well coached kid. I mean, he comes from a huge pedigree. Um, when you talk about his mother, right, um, being the coach for Notre Dame and being a WNBA player, and then possibly like you know coaching him from probably the womb, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but I want to go back um, to the Angels-Mariners brawl. Do you think that this brawl will possibly help the Angels bond and go, uh, maybe even go on a run? Or is this just, you know, whatever? It was just a good rivalry, good good brawl, and we'll take it at that. Yeah, who knows? Uh, what um, Last night, the night before last, they had two come-from-behind victories late, late in games. So, uh, yeah, may, maybe this will be the thing, the opposite it takes to turn it around, although we, we can't ever underemphasize the curse of the sports god that I put on them <laughs> in, in, two, in 2009. They haven't won a playoff game since, so that's uh, my curses are the most powerful forces on earth. So I don't think I don't think there's any way they can ever co- overcome that. But you know, and every year I look at this team though seriously, and, they should, and I say they should be a lot better than they are. With it, you've got Otani and Trout out there, and uh, they sign Anthony Rendon, who looks like he's going to be another typical Angel bust as a free agent signing, and. The pitching's never quite strong enough, but every year I look at them and say they should be a lot better than they are. In terms of the Dodgers, it seems like they just can't find any sort of consistency right now. A couple losing streaks, then going to Atlanta and win two out of three, then go and get uh, shut out on the road in Coors Field, which is incredibly rare. Um, what do you think the Dodgers need to do in order just to kind of get back on track um, and, and start you know winning games consistently again? Um. Well, I guess uh, you're right about being a little bit inconsistent. Uh, I guess the good news, though, is that they're still in first place. They're, mm-hmm. I think, what, a game and a half up on uh, on San Diego and, and a couple more over the Giants. But yeah, I guess it all comes down to starting and pitching, especially in the playoffs and getting their players healthy uh, offensively. And, and Kershaw is always going to be the big question mark as far as I'm concerned. Um, great regular season. To me, he's kind of the James Harden of Major League Baseball. That's what I've always called him. Great in the regular season. Uh, bust in the postseason, not doing well. It's, it's really amazing looking at it. I think he has about a 500 record, and his ERA is, is double in the postseason what it has been throughout his career. Dave, I'm going to throw a baseball-slash-basketball question at you. The Dodgers, obviously, are in a good position in the National League right now. The Yankees are the best team in baseball. 
Who is more likely for you to win a title this year, the L.A. Clippers or the L.A. Dodgers? <laughs> wow. Um, hmm. I don't think the Dodgers – I just don't think they have quite enough. Uh, to, to, uh, I think they can get to the World Series and possibly get out of the National League, but I'm with you on the Yankees being the best team in baseball. I, I guess I'm going to have to go Clippers here, but that's assuming that uh, Kawhi Leonard stays healthy. And, uh, that's a big assumption there, isn't it? But you get John Wall for a little bit of depth. You have Paul George. You have uh, you have Kawhi. I think the Clippers are a real dark horse team uh, to, to contend for a championship next year if they stay healthy. You know, we're talking about the Dodgers not necessarily having enough. They're dealing, you know, Walker Buehler's on the IL. Guys are struggling offensively, whether it's Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. Who do you think is the single most important guy for this team to get back on track if they want to make a run of the World Series in October? God, I think you'd have to go Bellinger, right? Uh, who was so great just a couple of years ago and excellent in the postseason. And uh, what what's happened to him? He hit 165 last year. He's sitting around 217 this year. And, uh, you know, get a big loop in his swing and tries to uh, uppercut everything. I guess uh, I would say Bellinger, if he can get hot and get back into close to what he used to be, he might be the guy here. But uh, And by the way, did you see that picture of him with his girlfriend the other day that was posted on social media? I did not. Ooh, you talk about a man card violation right there. I mean, <laughs> you, you, give him, you, you give him credit. I mean, he's got a supermodel girlfriend. You give him credit for that. But that outfit he was wearing, <laughs> he, he was... He was wearing dress shorts and a dress shirt. He was out at some event with shorts on and, and slippers. I said, my God, what is he thinking with that outfit? <laughs> one, one more for you. Craig Kimbrell has not been exactly what the Dodgers were hoping they were going to get out of him when they traded uh, A.J. Pollock for him just before the year started. If they want to make a run at the World Series, is he closing games in October? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh well, that's what they signed him for, right? Right. Well, and I guess he, he's got another uh, month or two to straighten it out, but that's part of the problem they had with Kenley Jansen in the last couple of years, inconsistency out of that closure spot. Uh, yeah, uh, wh- what do you do? If he's still struggling come October and come playoff time, you're going to have to make a change. Then, then who's the closer if it's not him? Right. Um, I think. I mean, I think you could look elsewhere. I think. I think the real question is: was was letting Jansen walk and, and getting Kimbrel was that the right move? And I mean, in hindsight, I know Jansen was sitting ninety seven, ninety eight the other night against the Dodgers, which definitely hurt to see. Um. Well, that's a good question as well. He was really inconsistent, but but as hard as he throws and with the great stuff he has, uh, well, I think it's looking right now that it probably was a mistake the way that Kimball's struggling struggling a little bit. Well, that that's all the time we have, um, Dave. Thank you so much. By the way, we always appreciate you coming and visiting us, and uh, with or without a rush, I think that you're you're more the light than he might have to be today. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it, and hopefully, Ross gets some good stuff and some good sound with Russell Westbrook. I know. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it tomorrow, and hoping that he could uh, m- maybe get get the inside scoop for that. Because I definitely don't. I'm not going to lie. I am not a huge fan, and I really want him gone. So, um, no, let's, let's, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you and me both. Just, just hope he doesn't bring. Just hope he doesn't bring you back any food. Because when he was my intern and my producer back in the day, he screwed up my order every single night. Monday through <laughs> I don't think he ever got it right in two years. So yeah. don't let him bring food back. <laughs> will do, will do. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Arash Marikazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. And we out. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.